Well, good to, uh, good to be back. For Rosie and I, this is really our winter home, but we've moved up north. Uh, we're now in uh, Stewart, Florida. Still heaven. And um, we miss uh, you folks. My son, uh, Tony Jr., I'm Tony Jr. My son is Tony the Third. Anyway, he moved permanently to um, St. Lucie, Florida on September 15th. And I'm still in his employ. So the Martin Clinic has actually is now a Florida-based company. Everything's online, of course. But I still work uh, for him and produce a podcast, uh, The Doctors in Podcast that some of you are familiar with. So uh, we're here for, uh, Lord willing, till uh, April sometime. And um, we uh, were, uh, the day my son left, I cried like a baby. Even though, you know, thankfully that we're able to come to, to Florida, I mean, I knew that his move was permanent and I tell you, that was one of the hardest days of my life. Um, to see my son leave, it, you could throw a rock from my place and hit his home. And, you know, we've been like that for many, many years. So it was hard for my wife and I. But they're uh, down here in Florida, so it could be worse, right? <laughs> Revelation uh, chapter 3. And um, I was asked to do the last church that the Lord Jesus spoke about, uh, spoke to, actually, in Revelation, the seventh church. I've spoken on this uh, passage probably, I don't know, over 40 years of being a Christian and 38 years of preaching, probably 10 times, I, I would think, at least. And um, so I wasn't intimidated by, you know, the, the elders here asking me to speak about it. But the more I, I studied it and the more I read it and the more I looked into it again, the more it spoke to me personally. And so I pray this morning, brothers and sisters, that this message will be for you like it's been for me. And I want to deliver it like I really feel the Lord spoke to me about it personally. So this will be very, very personal and practical. I remember this is, I did a series years ago, and I don't think I ever did any of it here, called The Scary Words of the Lord Jesus. And it was, I think, about a five-part series that I did. And this was one of them. The scary words of the Lord Jesus. Now, I hope you have never said this to your spouse. And I hope you've never said this to even to your kids. Because words hurt. But the Lord Jesus said to this church, you make me sick. And again, I hope you've never... Don't use that language, right? 
I mean, we, we should never use it with, with each other. But imagine the Lord Jesus saying to this church, you make me sick. And that, again, really spoke to me anew recently studying this. What makes the Lord Jesus sick? If it wasn't in the scriptures, we would never think this, but it is here. So let's look at it. Let's look at every verse, and there's not many, but let's look at verse 14 in Revelation 3, and we'll just break this down, and we'll really emphasize what makes the Lord Jesus sick. Write this letter to the angel of the church uh, in Laodicea. Now, let me stop there just a little bit because this actually comes out in this passage, Laodicea. I looked it up. (laughs) And uh, Laodicea was named in a divorce settlement, (laughs) believe it or not, by Antiochus. He divorced his wife. Her name was Laodicea, and he named a city after her. She probably demanded it in a settlement. I don't know. But that's a true story. That's where we get the city of Laodicea. Now, we know that those seven letters, right, are all real churches in Asia Minor. So everyone that you've studied so far are real churches. They existed at the time of this writing. But a little bit of Laodicea. Now, geography... Location, location, who's the real estate? I know there's someone here in real estate. But in real estate, location, you know, it's amazing. Like St. Lucie, I don't know if you've been up there. And I, I, I'm sure it's similar here. But, I mean, they are building at least, where my son is, 10,000 new homes. At least 10,000 new homes up there. Amazon is hiring 10,000. Julio, where are you? Um, Amazon's hiring 10,000, and FedEx is hiring 10,000 workers up there. And, I mean, it's just exploding. And uh, But Laodicea was like that. It was a very wealthy city. And you'll see it come up as the Lord Jesus uses an illustration here. You'll see the word wealth come up. But this was a trade city, a wealthy city. Its location, and again, it's important. To the north was a a place called Hierapolis. I don't know if I even said it right. And then one you and I would be uh, familiar with to the south, only 10 miles, Colossae. Okay? And because we know the letter to the Colossians, right? There was a church there a New Testament church there in Colossae, right? And we get the book of uh, Colossians that the Apostle Paul wrote. But that was only 10 miles from Laodicea, south of Laodicea. Now, one thing, and you might know this, they had no water supply. So what they did, you know, even back then, think about it. They built an aqueduct. And they joined higher... Hierapolis and their water system 
and Colossi's water system. They brought them together to bring water to Laodicea. Interesting. Back then, it was an aqueduct. And to the north, the water was ice cold. And Colossae was known for its uh, warm water um, that sprung up. And they connected the two. So by the time the water got to um, Laodicea, it was lukewarm. And the Lord uses that as an illustration. There was wealth. There was uh, water, aqueduct, famous. They've discovered that aqueduct, I think, about 30 or 40 years ago in excavation. And there was a medical school in Laodicea. And the Lord uses that as an illustration. And we'll get to that. And fourthly, there was an industry of wool. They were famous in Laodicea for a certain very expensive wool that they made there. So that's important because, again, the Lord will use that in his letter to the church of Laodicea. So its location is important. Let's keep reading. This is the message from the one who is the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. Here we're learning again, and this is very common through the seven churches, a description description of Jesus Christ, the one who... It says here, and this is, this is really key. This message is from the one who is what? The Amen. What's that mean? Well, it's the truth. What he's going to say to the church of Laodicea is the absolute truth. It, and he's the true witness. What does that mean? Well, he is the, the one, the only one who can analyze Not only the church, but you and I. And and tell you the truth about who you are. He's bang on on what he has to say to this church. He's bang on. Why? Because he's the amen. He's the way, the truth, and the life. It's really important when you understand this is Jesus Christ speaking. And we ought to take note. Look at verse 15. And folks, brothers and sisters, this ought to give us a real check. I know all things. The beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. It's a reverence of God. And I think sometimes, and we certainly see this in the church of Laodicea, 
I think sometimes we forget the character of God. I know I have. I know all things. Someday, brothers and sisters, now, thank God, if you belong to Christ, you will never go to the great white throne judgment. That's not for us. I thank God for that. I settled out of court. You? Yeah. I have an advocate. Jesus Christ, the righteous one, that uh, took my case. I'm never, never going to be judged for my sin. That was done at the cross of Calvary. Isn't that wonderful, Christian, to remember that? But there is a judgment coming for you and I. And again, it's not like we don't preach about it, but I think it often is not part of our um, daily thinking that it ought to be. Someday you and I will give account for our life, our Christian life. And he knows all things. He knows the motives of why you do. You might do something very good with the wrong motive. And the reason I point with this finger is I really, I have trouble bending it, but I would have it come here to me first when I say this. I know all things. We need to be reminded of that. We need to be reminded of that. Everything that we do, God knows our motives for it. I know all things you do that you are neither hot or cold. I wish you were one or the other. But since you are lukewarm, like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. In uh, verse uh, 15 and 16. This is really the part of the passage that is, it, it shudder to think that um, one of the things that makes God sick, what makes Jesus sick, is a lukewarm temperature. Now, there's, you read about three temperatures in the Bible, you know? Um, before you get on an airplane, I don't know if they do it, but in Canada... You can't travel without, you've got to get a rapid test. If we go back to the to Canada from the United States, we have to get uh, a more uh, extensive testing done. But in Canada, just to travel, to get on a plane or whatever, you need uh, a rapid test for COVID, and then they take your temperature. And I, I, I was thinking about that. You know, I, it sort of bugs me. I don't like people touching me, you know, like they put the thermometer on there. I said, if I was a woman, I was in menopause. 
How would they know if it's COVID or menopause? I'm sweating. No. But it's not a bad idea to take your temperature spiritually. We ought to do it more often. Search me, O God, and know my temperature. Well, it didn't really say that. But it says, know my heart, right? So really, it's not far off from taking your temperature. Search me, O God, and know my temperature. Tony's version. And if there would be any hurtful way in me, lead me in the everlasting way, right? It's it's Psalm 139, but it's a good idea. We ought to take our temperature every day. Because in the Bible, there's, there's three of them. There's hot, do you remember the road to Emmaus? And, and when they finally realized that they were with the Lord Jesus, they, they, and they didn't even know it. And they said, weren't our hearts just burning within us? In the presence of him? And, and then uh, in... Matthew 24, I believe, and verse 12, I believe, it says, the Lord Jesus speaks about a time coming, and I think we're in it, by the way. At least, when when you read Matthew 24, you know, we realize there's there's a seven-year tribulation period. He's really speaking to that time, and but he said, The Lord Jesus said this, I believe in verse 12, he said, the hearts of many will wax cold. But it's funny that, or interesting, that Jesus said, I'd rather you, I'd rather you be hot, the road to Emmaus, or living in the last days when your hearts are cold, than you being Luke, warm. That's what makes them sick. It's that temperature, not hot, not cold, but in between. Now, I'm a coffee drinker, vitamin C. Okay? It is the true vitamin C, by the way. It's got more vitamin C than vitamin C does. It's coffee. Now, my wife says, you never look for a study that's negative on coffee. That's true. I won't read it. <laughs> it's true. I, I don't read it. But I, I have over 150 studies on the benefits of coffee. But I'll tell you what. Don't bring me a lukewarm coffee. I remember my patients, you know. They'd come in with a peace offering into the office. And they'd bring me a coffee. A lot of them did because they knew I talked about it on my radio show or whatever for a lot of years. Coffee, 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 coffee. Coffee is good for you. It is. But don't bring me a lukewarm coffee. I wouldn't drink it. I'd pretend. (laughs) I wanted it hot. And some people, my granddaughter was down. uh, We just, uh, she just left on Friday. And 
She said, Grandpa, stop by. And when a grandchildren, when a grandchild asks you something, it no is not in our vocabulary, okay? So if my kids had ever asked me, stop at Dunkin' Donuts to get a cold coffee, Grandpa, okay. Like, why would you want a cold coffee? But, okay, so all I'm saying is, guys, okay, from a practical standpoint, God wants you to be hot. Check your spiritual temperature. Check your spiritual temperature. Rosie and I, tomorrow, 49 years. It's not complicated, guys. Okay? It's not complicated. Love can be measured. Right? Because Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me, Peter? Uh, yeah. You know, and a lot of couples do this, right? Hey, I told you on our wedding night, I love you. If anything changes, I'll let you know. Right? Usually from a male. You know, men, pretty dense. Right? No, but seriously, guys, like love can be measured. That's why the Lord Jesus is talking about a temperature. It can be measured. And if... if if a, a spiritual thermostat was put here, not here, here, where would we be at? Right? Where would we be at? What's your, what's your love for Jesus Christ? I'll give you a couple of clues. I think... And again, I'm just going to give you some, you know, give me some symptoms of lukewarmness. The Bible. I read it, but it's not thrilling. Did I ever tell you this story? This is a true story, by the way. Ever tell you this story? I can't remember. Okay? When you're my age, I use that as an excuse. I can't remember. Okay? But, true story. A woman in England read a book. Got through three or four chapters, closed it, said, the most boring book I've ever read in my life. I can't stand it. Boring. Why did someone give me that book to read? Can't handle it. True story. A week later, a friend of hers said, I have a guy coming into town that would like to meet you. Would you go out on a blind date with this guy? He said, for you, yes, I'll do it. She did it. She found out 
that the guy she's on a blind date with wrote that book that she went like this a week earlier on. Closed the book, boringness, never read anything. So she fell in love with this guy. Found out what kind of a man he was, and she fell in love. And then she went back and read that book again, and she said it was the best book she's ever read in her life. This is a true story, guys. Why? She knew the author. Jesus Christ, the author of the book. So temperature, if this book don't turn your crank, you might be lukewarm. When you hear that someone is saved, God saved, Christian, be honest. Does it turn your crank when you hear about someone getting saved? Or it doesn't really do too much for you. Jesus said, you love me? It's not by the bumper sticker on your car, you know. There's a lady parking right next beside me in Stewart, right beside my parking spot. And she's got a little fish on there. And I talked to her, and she's a Christian. Well, whoopie doopie. But I'll know, Jesus said, if you love me. If you what? You love the brethren. And you know what, Christian? You want to know what your temperature is? You want to know if you're lukewarm? There's people, and they're your brothers and sisters in the Lord, and you could care less. (laughs) Folks, that ain't right if this isn't right. That ain't right if this isn't right. If you and I, don't have a love for each other. And you don't, you know, I got a, uh, Rosie gave me an honorary degree in obituaryology, okay? I, I read obituaries. You, It's amazing what you learn in this, you know, a little paragraph at the end of someone's life. If you think you're significant, you don't get any more than that paragraph like than anybody else, right? But you can read so much, you know? And I look at, I, you know what? I, kills me when I see people. Um, They had a great love for their dog, uh, their cat, and uh, whatever. And there's no, not even a sentence about God in there. I think in my heart, where is that person gone? Because that's what's in God's heart. God is not willing that any should perish. That all should come to repentance and the knowledge of their truth. You want to get to God's heart? You have a heart for people that are lost. I feel sorry for people. I really do. I feel sorry for people uh, that don't have what I have. They can't see what I see. 
including my siblings. I feel sorry for them. They're lost. And I, you know, uh, I was just talking with, with Yami there this morning. You know, God, why me? Why did you come into my life? Why me, God? Was I a special person? I cursed the name of Jesus Christ. I had such a vocabulary, guys, even in my office. It's embarrassing to me today to even think about what I, how I used to talk. And every second word was blaspheming the name of Jesus Christ. Tony, do you love him today? Do you love him today? What's it, your spiritual temperature? Those are some things you can just analyze for yourself, guys. I can't do it for you. Let the word of God do it with you. But you know what? It, 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 those are scary words. I, I you know, I, I want to get, you know, I preached last Sunday on uh, finishing well. I want to finish well, guys. I'm in the home stretch of my life. I want to finish well. I want to hear good and faithful servant. I want to, I want to be a hero to my grandchildren. I want them to think, you know, one thing about grandpa, he loved Jesus Christ. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want to finish well. Where are you at, Christian? This letter to the church of Laodicea is so personal. And, and he hates lukewarmness. Look what else he hates. You say, 17, I am rich. I have everything. I don't need anything. Christian, Jesus hates lukewarmness and deception. You know what the worst deception is, guys? I see it in my practice all the time. The worst deception, usually men. Okay? I hate to pick on men, but because I am one, I can. Okay? Men come into the office, almost invariably. Oh, yeah? Hi, uh, this is Dr. Martin. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, yeah. Why are you here? Uh, I don't know. Well, what's wrong? Nothing. Oh, nothing's wrong. I already got the results. You know, I, I, I know there's something wrong, but no, no. Why are you here? I don't know. My wife made me come. Uh, anything wrong? No. You feeling good? Yep. Male. <laughs> Liar. Because I got his, I got all his blood work. I got his, I got his triglycerides. I got his, his, his HDL cholesterol. I got his uh, A1C blood sugar. I, I got all of it. And I, I'm, I'm saying, you're a liar, man. You're deceiving yourself. You're not healthy. You are an inch away from having the big one, the widow maker. Your triglycerides are so high. But we do that, don't we? Here, here he is, and, and they say, they say, I don't need anything. I'm perfectly fine. Imagine a church 
that's saying everything is good. Christian, do we ever get to that point where we could say everything is just hunky-dory and I don't need anything? You know what I loved about the Apostle Paul? He put his pants on the same way I do every day, one leg at a time. And he, you know what he said about himself? I am what? The chief, present tense of sinners. Paul had such a relationship with Christ that he was constantly, constantly reminded that, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Isn't that what the Lord, isn't that what Paul said about himself all the time? Because he understood, man, a dog has just enough fleas to be reminded he's a dog. And folks, we ought to never forget that old nature still around, right? Never forget it. Not saying that you spend your whole day uh, thinking about the old nature, but let's be honest with ourselves. When someone could say, I, ha- I am rich, man, and I have a need of nothing. You know what? You know what Jesus hates? He hates religion. That's what he hates. And if you don't believe me, take out your Gospels and follow the Lord Jesus on his daily walks every day. You know what he hated? Religion. You come close to me with your mouths. You honor me with your lips. But your what? Your heart is far from me. Your worship of me is made up of what? Traditions of men. Folks, Jesus hates that. He hates. It makes them sick. Because religious people are deceived people. They think they are all right. I remember a lady in my office one time, and I'm telling you, it, 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 it hit her. I said to her, you're a sinner. I, I was sharing the gospel with her. I said, you're a sinner. Just went pale. And she didn't say anything, didn't respond to me. But when she got home, she told me about the conversation she had with her kids. She said to her kids, you know what, doctor? She's, she's making supper. You know what that doctor Martin said to me today? I'm a sinner. I'm not a sinner. And the kids, he was right. He was, you know, because I knew her kids. And they, oh yeah, you're a sinner, mom. <laughs> what? See, folks, Christ hates that. He hates that. When people, they can't even see. It's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. That's what Jesus said. He, he must go through Samaria. Do you think the woman at the well had any trouble? Yep, I'm a sinner. She didn't have any trouble with that. She knew. Those are people 
that Jesus aims for. The down and outs, the wheels on the bus have come off in their lives. And that's usually when you get a chance to share Christ with people. When they got no more resources, no more self-sufficiency. Jesus hates deception, self-deception. Now, I'm going to tell you, one of the things, and I realize my time is coming to an end. One of the things that Jesus hated, too, about the church in Laodicea was the, they were only 10 miles from Colossae. You know, read the book of Colossians, and you will see, a, you know, it, it actually says it there. Don't be duped. I preached on that many a time. Don't be duped. You better not be duped who Jesus Christ is. Every cult is duped. I I was in a cult. They're duped to the person of Jesus Christ. When I read in the gospel that Jesus Christ is God, what? There is a name... Only one name given under heaven by which you must be saved. What? I wasn't taught that. Mary elevated to the position of Christ. That's what I was taught. Go to her to pray. That's what I was taught. That's a cult. And that was creeping into Laodicea from Colossae. Because Jesus Christ, is he really God manifest in the flesh? Folks, isn't that wonderful that you and I, we know who God is? Philip, you want to know who God is? Jesus said, you're looking at him. You want to know who God is? You're looking at him. Folks, you only got one name. You're a human being. You got one name to come to God, and that is the name of Jesus Christ. You fall in love with him. You have a relationship with him. And I'll tell you, you read the cults, and they all get away from the person of Jesus Christ. His supremacy Preeminence is him. And even in the charismatic movement, and I preached against it, even though I'm still going preach there. When you get away from the person of Jesus Christ and you start talking about the Holy Spirit of God, and listen, the Holy Spirit of God we know is the is a is a person of the Godhead, but the the Holy Spirit always elevates Jesus Christ to a human being he elevates Jesus Christ it's all about him and that's Christianity is Jesus the author of the book that you and I read it's him and so I I don't have time to get into 
how he appeals, even Christ appeals. Even though this church was a hundred miles away spiritually from his heart, Jesus, isn't he wonderful? Because he's always appealing. Come, he says, come. Come buy gold. Come, he says. I, I will, I will uh, give you a, a white garment. I will, I, I will, you know, medical school. I'll, I'll give you something for your eyes because you're really blind. You've got glaucoma there. And I'm going to fix it. Okay? And, and you've got cataracts. You're not seeing, you're seeing spots. I'm going to fix that for you spiritually. That was Jesus. Always appealing. And of course, the last one, right? Christian, think about this just for a second here. I knocked at the door, and I've used this. I I know, and, you know, God forgives. (laughs) I have used uh, Revelation 3 and 20 many a time to a non-Christian. Right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. It's fellowship, guys. It really is has to do with restoring fellowship with Jesus Christ. Is he knocking at your heart this morning? I pray that we will do a real good self-examination let us pray heavenly father we just thank you again father for your son lord jesus christ thank you father for your patience your goodness your faithfulness father even for this passage we we thank you that we can read it we can apply it to our own lives uh, even though it was written to a church a couple of thousand years ago Father, thank you for um, the Lord Jesus. We love him, Father. And uh, we want to love him more. And we pray these things in his name. Amen.